Yo! <laughs> what is up, Ab? Welcome to the interview with Luke Cheers. So good. Cheers. Cheers. Good morning, Luke. Good morning. Thanks for waking up today to do this interview with me. It was tough, but I did it. How's life? Tell me about the worst things happening. Oh, God. <laughs> well, besides this podcast, I'm just kidding. Oh! oh! <laughs> Dude, the sound bites are so good. <laughs> okay. We got Luke Holland here. Internet sensation. Drummer Whoa. of the youth. What do I call <laughs> Drummer, I thought you were going to say of the used. Lord of the dogs. Lord of the dogs. Yeah, you are dog lord. You're in there in the dog army. More like puppy lord. You might be prince of the parade, honestly, these days. Prince of Persia. Uh, <laughs> great, great video game. Shout out, Prince of Persia. You love your video games. I do. Luke Holland is a big gamer. Yeah, I think like every night almost at this point, I'm just always playing. I play Overwatch like consistently. Overwatch 2. You just blow up everybody in that game. Yeah. Do you feel like there's therapy in that? Absolutely, dude. Taking out all my anger on yeah. everybody. Yeah. So you're either doing blast beats or you're blasting people on Overwatch. Live. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That is correct. That is correct. So Luke Holland, great drummer. I remember Thank before you. we met, years before our deep relationship very bond deep. formed. Um, I was like, this kid's very talented. He's got an incredible schlops. <laughs> slops it's like sloppy chops <laughs> sloppy chops kids got slops he's got slops kids dude. got slops uh, have you seen his youtube videos sloppy sloppy as oh hell oh my god he's just <laughs> slopping it thinking <laughs> i gotta stop i gotta stop <laughs> oh man um but for real i was like i was like kid is amazing man yeah i was like you were yeah, i mean you used to be so talented what happened i know dude overwatch happened dude <laughs> <laughs> i just i gave up drums for oh, I'm, just, I'm just kidding but yeah we met like Six, Six, seven years ago. Yeah, so we met ago. because of Stephen Spence. Yep. Um, you yep. guys were doing a Gillette commercial yep. together because yep. you guys were both drummer male models. <laughs> and and uh, yeah, we we were in like two separate boxing rings, and one of them was like a clean shaven drummer dude. Their their approach to this commercial was was awful. By the way, shout out <laughs> Gillette. It's like a clean drummer, clean face, which is obviously me. I'm almost thirty. I still can't grow a beard. I Spence. was going to ask, have you ever shaved before? Uh, actually you taught me how to shave. I don't know if you remember that. No. Um, yeah, obviously I couldn't grow a beard, but Spence, uh, could grow a beard in 30 seconds. So they had him Savage. come up. Yeah. So we had, uh, just two drum sets in like boxing rings. Made no sense. So you guys were rehearsing in my studio Yep. and, uh, Spence hit me up or something and was like, cause Spence was in the studio too. We were sharing it at the same time. And, uh, and was like, Lucas here, something like that, or, or come through and meet him or something like that. Yep. So I came through yep. and I met you and I was like, he is nice. <laughs> he is well-mannered. He is respectful. It's, I, I feel like these are true statements for yes, sure. I was like, I was like, he's, he's, he's good. I'll never forget though. Cause like you came in and then we didn't say hardly anything to each other. You just hopped on my drum set and I was on one of your drum sets and we just played for like 15 minutes. And then I was like, yo, what's up, dude? I'm Luke. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best way to meet another For drummer. For sure, absolutely. It's just like, all right, let's talk via drums first, and then we will use our secondary communication system, yep. words. Which is, yeah, English yeah. language. Yeah. 
which now mostly is just in growl. Growl from Yes, with that being said. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, man. And we met. And uh, and we exchanged uh, telephone numbers. That we did. And I think landlines. I think what you start you started sending me your YouTube videos before you published them, and you'd be like, Yo, yeah. what, what do you think? What do you think?" Yep. And I was always just like, "No notes. These are great. I don't know what you want me to tell you." No, you usually said these are straight up trash yeah. and give up. I was like, "Is this unlisted?" You're like, "Yeah." I was like, "You might want to just go to Discord. <laughs> just go. Don't hit uh, publish. Just go straight to don't Discord. Don't do it, kid. Don't do it. <laughs> no, nah, it's good times. And then we talked. Oh, Matt McGuire's calling me. What are the odds? Oh, Matt. Join us on AMP. Matt McGuire, I will call you later. Big shouts to Matt McGuire, who you introduced me to. I did. And now Matt and I are friends. We're business partners. We're doing a lot of stuff together. Matt and I go super, super, super far back. Like, I think I was 19. He might have been also, we're like three weeks apart in age. So we were both public, uh, like putting up YouTube videos and stuff. And, uh, he sent me his videos before his YouTube channel blew up. So like mine was kind of like one of the bigger ones at the time. Yeah. And I watched it and I sent him feedback and I was like, dude, this is fucking awesome. Like keep doing your thing. And then he got the chain smokers gig and him and I still like, obviously we talk all the time still, but I remember him sending me medicine from like Australia and stuff to my house in Arizona. Like we, we super close friends for a long time. That's awesome. But he actually got me the, uh, the Rufus do soul gig when I filled in for like four months, um, which was, one of the best gigs of my entire career for sure. Shout out, Matt. Love you, buddy. That was awesome. I remember I was on that text chain. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> it was right. you, me, and Matt on a group text, yep. like bombarding. And I remember you weren't into like Rufus Dussault at the time. You didn't, I didn't know even who they know were. They, yeah, yeah, I had no idea. You didn't know who they were. And you were like, I don't know. Should I do this? And I was like, dude, <laughs> do this. Matt, Trust me. If you ever listen to me. I remember Matt being like, if you don't do this gig, I'm going to be forever pissed off at you. <laughs> And I started listening to music. I was like, oh, this is actually really, really good. And I was like, man, trust me. Just do it. You're going to dig so deep into your pocket. You're going to have to play like straight on the grid. You're going to do all this pad work. You're going to yep. have to do all this stuff and wait until you feel what it's like playing with them live. I was like, dude, you don't realize how loyal of a fan base these guys have. Dude, it was it was absolutely insane. Like I remember they, they rented out like this city hall in Sydney for us to rehearse at. And I knew they were big. Like, you know, I, I was kind of going off like Spotify streaming numbers. Yeah. And I knew that they like headline Coachella and stuff like that. But I like showed up to the rehearsal. I was like, okay, yeah, it's pretty big, but nothing compared to, cause we didn't have the light show set up right. at rehearsal. Nothing compares to that first show. I hopped on stage. It was like 40,000 people or something. And the light show hit. And I was like, holy shit, this band is gigantic. So I was only supposed to do three weeks with them. Um, but James Hunt, the drummer, uh, shout out James, love you, buddy. Him and I actually ended up sharing a practice room together for like two years, but uh, he like got an injury, so that's why they needed a uh, fill-in drummer. But I ended up doing an additional three months with them, and that was really cool because that was when they were nominated for like their first Grammys, and we played all these amazing festivals, and yeah, definitely never forget that time. That was an amazing day. I was so happy that you got it and you did it, and I was so sad that I never got to see you actually play that gig. I really, really wanted to, and... Um, oh, cause you did that gig into COVID. Yeah. Yes. I, I remember being on the phone with you when the world was shutting down and you were like, I was like, where are you? You're like, I'm in Texas. Yeah. And I was like, the world's shutting down. You're like, we have a show tonight in, were you in Texas or yeah, you were, we're, we're in Austin. It yeah. was, uh, yeah, it's, it's funny. Cause we were all just like on tour. We weren't looking at the news or anything. Yeah. So we were just like in our own little bubble. And I think it was March 15th. Uh, we were in Austin and the guys text me in the band. They're like, hey, like, it was super out of character. For like, can you come downstairs? We want to talk to you about something. I was like, if 
fuck what I do? <laughs> you know, we'd already been on tour for like four months at this, at this point. And then they were just like, yeah, like we got to cancel this last show. We only had one show left too, which oh, is man. good. Yeah. Compared to all the people that had like six months a year booked out that didn't get to do those shows. Yeah. I had one more show left. So I yeah. was like, bummer. But then we all just sat in the, the hotel bar we were just watching the TV and just like, what is going on? This yeah. is crazy. We flew back the next day. Because I remember I was talking to you and you were like, no, we have a show tonight. And I'm like, I think the world's shutting down right now, bro. <laughs> you should check with your TM. Yeah. And then like an hour later, you texted me, show's canceled. Yep. We're heading home. And I was like, oh, fuck. I was like, are you even going to be able to get on a plane? Like in, in those days of COVID, it was like, what's even happening? Yeah, it was so, it was yeah. so like. I just remember Trump going on the news and being like, this is the biggest emergency anyone has ever seen. <laughs> no emergency has ever been this big. It's national. It's a national emergency. <laughs> and I was like, oh God, get me out of this country. And I left Pretty to Mexico. Good. Pretty good impression. Yeah, you left forever. Yeah. I was like, there's no such thing as COVID in Mexico. And then I went to I went to Mexico. And then day one in Mexico, I landed there. The United States shut down and the entire world <laughs> except Mexico. And the Mexico pres the Mexican president was walking down the streets of, of Mexico City, I think he was in, kissing babies and being like, COVID does not exist here. And he was kissing babies Holy. on the news. And it was like, oh Good God, I was him, like, honestly. I don't know if this is smart. And then uh, Brian Klein, big shout out, uh, Brian manages Guns N' Roses, heard I was in uh, Mexico City. And he was like, yo, bro, do you want to go see Guns N' Roses tonight? They're playing Mexico City. And I was like, <laughs> what isn't the world shutting down i don't know for sure can you put me plus one and then he put me on the list plus one and then at like seven o'clock that night like a few hours later the world just kept crumbling and shutting so more and more wild. down and i was like i don't think i should go to this show like and i google i was like let me see the stadium so i googled where they were playing to see if there was like a like, okay, does this place have like a VIP? Am I going to be like in a special right, area? Right. Maybe that'll it's be like in it, the pit. Dude, it was actually at the where the Formula One racetrack is. Oh, okay. So it's just like massive GA. And I was like, oh, I can't go to this. <laughs> There's no way. Oh, so you didn't go. I didn't go. Okay. Probably a smart move. And I gave the tickets to my friend um, who was a huge Guns fan. You don't have friends, dude. Don't and lie. He, and he died from COVID. Stop. No, I'm sorry. That's dude. not even funny. Oh my God. <laughs> That's not even funny. But he did go to the such show. Such a large turn, but he, dude. But he did go to the show. And that <laughs> and then that show happened. And then everything shut down, including Mexico the next day. And that was the last large scale show to happen. Was oh, wow. that it went down like as the Guns N' Roses show in Mexico City was the last show before Crazy. everything got shut down. But anyways, back to you. <laughs> no, no. Um I was so happy when you did Rufus like, to Soul. And I feel like you when you came back from Mexico, you started having a gray beard. That's how long you were there. <laughs> That's literally how long you were there, dude. You came back and it was fucking great. No, I, I wasn't was like, even in Mexico that trip that long. <laughs> I was only actually in Mexico. I remember a few things from this. God, flashbacks. I remember because I didn't want to tell anybody that I was going to Mexico because I didn't want people to be like, you're an idiot. You're going to Mexico. The right. world is shutting down right. right now. So I went to Mexico and I was and I was actually doing a deal with Splice. I was like about to close our, our jam card deal. Yeah. With Splice. And, uh, and I, so I wasn't telling them cause I'd been working on that deal for months and I wasn't like telling them or anybody, I didn't tell anybody. I was just going to be like, I'm not going to do anything. So as soon as I landed in Mexico in the, in the Uber from the airport to my Airbnb, Steve Martocci, the CEO and founder of Spice mm -hmm. called me on my phone and I saw his name pop up Martocci and I was like, okay, shit, <sighs> pretend like you're not in Mexico <laughs> or whatever. And I answered the phone like, what's up, Steve? And he was like, why does it have the international ringtone when I call you? Oh my God. You know, like the, yeah, how yeah, it's yeah. different when it's, and I was like, 
I'm in Mexico. <laughs> like immediately got caught. Oh man. And he was like, what are you doing in Mexico? The world is shutting down. I was like, this is why I, was, I got caught immediately. I hadn't even made it to the Airbnb. Oh man. I was like, man, I'm just living my best life. But COVID doesn't exist down here. Didn't you see the president? He's kissing babies. He's kissing babies. I left, I left for Mexico the next day. I mean, for Canada the next day. And oh then, yeah. And then the whole that's world fell the, apart. That's when the gray started. That's when the gray <laughs> Canada, started. Canada. Canada brought the grays. Yeah. Not, not a typical scenario. Usually no. it gets rid of the grays. And I Nobody's... remember you were so mad because you're like, I'm alone. Oh, so yeah. uh, let's, tell, let's tell the viewer. The viewer may not know this. You look in your camera. I'll look in mine. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Luke, Luke. <laughs> um, okay, ready? What are we telling them? One, two, three. We, we, we live, live together. together. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we've lived together for <laughs> 25 years. At least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not even 21 yet, yeah, so that doesn't I, even make sense. I remember when you were about to be born. <laughs> and I was like, he's a good drummer. He's he's going to be good yeah, one day, good. <laughs> but he should keep those unlisted videos deleted for sure. <laughs> for sure. Just um, go straight to discard. Do you, do you realize in March, we will have lived together five years? Are you serious? Yeah. We are each other's longest relationship. <laughs> Wait, five years? Five years. 2018. In March? Middle of March is when I moved to the mansion in LA. Look, as someone with commitment issues, you need to move out. <laughs> well, I have commitment issues too. <laughs> so we got to commit, dude. Actually, we it's a pretty serious commitment. Half it's a been decade. a good five years. We should break up. Yeah, it's, we it's should, too let's long. do it now on, on live. It's too long. I'm over it, dude. It's too long. Look, I'm in a serious relationship. I think that I don't want to have you on the couch. <laughs> like, I want... <laughs> I'm I, I keep You keep... Me awake with all these Overwatch sounds every single night. Yeah. Do you hear like, it ever? No. You ever hear it? I no, keep it no, pretty no, quiet. No. Yeah. I'm pretty respectful yeah, lad. Yeah, you are. You just have some t- subtitles on. It's just like kill, kill, death, death. <laughs> I have Overwatch sound <laughs> subtitles. That's like ultimate nerd stats. How do you spell? PFFFFFFFFF for sure. Worth it. Yep. So we live together and life's pretty good. It is. We're together sometimes because you're gone a lot and I'm gone a lot. Yeah, we, that's what, that's what keeps it healthy. That's it's like that, yeah, that's it's like a relationship, it. dude. Straight <laughs> that's, up. That's what keeps. Well, because when how? Okay, so to go back ten minutes ago into our story, we may go around a lot. The two of us together talking. Why not? We we talk in circles. We do. Um, but so I met you when you were the when you were doing the Gillette the best the man can get commercial, <laughs> and uh, and then I was like you're great, and then you started texting me YouTube videos, and I was like everything's great, keep releasing it, and then you were we were talking about it, and I was like what are your goals, and you were telling me that you wanted to kind of step out of the metal scene that you were in, yep. and get more into pop and hip hop and like and more of the stuff that you were evolving into. Yeah, because I was starting to get like I was in a band called The Word Alive for about five years, and I was starting to get offers for like. Paramore and uh God, I played for like Playboy Cardi and all these Lil different U- artists. Lil Uzi, Lil Uzi right? yeah, um uh Shania Twain, just like stuff outside of the metal world. And I always wanted like I, I grew up listening to metal music, but like I didn't <laughs> I, that's not where I wanted to end up. Like I always yeah. wanted to be like playing for like Bieber or like right. The Weeknd or yeah. Drake or stuff like that. So yeah, obviously like when I met you, I was like, let's, you know, I'm gonna pick your brain a little bit, just like everybody picks your brain. Um, there's none left. There's none. Left. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, you're like one day you called me and, uh, I had been going, I had a relationship for like four years or so, um, with this girl and, uh, that was going rocky and everything just like timed it. you know, you're like, come, come live with me. I've got this insane setup. And yeah, 
the rest is history. I think we should be honest on on the pod. This is a very honest pod. We talk about everything in here. What really yeah. happened is I called you and I said, you want to do pop gigs and hip hop gigs and do all this? Move to LA. Yep. Yep. Break up with your girlfriend. Yep. And quit your band. Yes. Well, I'd already quit the band. Oh, did you? Yeah. I, I started playing with Jason uh, Richardson, Shred God. Right. Um, in 2016. Shout out Jason Shred God. Shout out Jason. Um, that was, I quit December 2016 with the word alive and then Jason and I toured all of 2017 and I moved in with you March of 2018. But when you called me, it was November 2017. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that I was telling you like, stop the metal. If you want to stop doing metal, stop, stop doing it. You can't keep your foot in the door if you want to go into this other kind of world. And, And really Jason is the only metal stuff that I still do. Right. Sort of. It's it's gotten back into yeah, that. You're back in yeah, now. Yeah, it's gotten yeah, back in. Five into years it. later, which it's, is okay. It's good. Like the the scale of the things that I'm doing are much better and much yeah. more comfortable and like you know financially much better. Yeah. Um, which isn't everything, but also just the people that I'm surrounded with. And for sure. Jason Richardson is like a way for me to get that outlet of just like insane shred. Yeah. Uh, like check out what I can do, kind of thing. For sure. Yeah. So yeah, so you, I was like. Break up with your girlfriend because because it was rocky. It was bad. And, and it was holding you back. It was bad. It was a toxic relationship. And yes. uh, and move if you want to if you want to do this, you're more than welcome to move to LA. You can stay in my house. I like, come stay with me. I got a six set up here, thinking that it would be like, I don't know, a few months. Yeah, three months. I'm like, I think that's what we talked about. Yeah, I was like, come was stay like for three a few or four months. months. I got a room for you. I'll introduce you to people. I'm sure you're <laughs> gonna do really well here. You just need to be here because yep. you'll get more opportunities. If you live in LA and not in Arizona yep. and you did it. So you like you, uh, you broke up with your girlfriend and then came and moved to LA. I remember when you did, I was like, all right, yeah, yeah. Uh, there no, you go. Was, You're taking it seriously. You're I taking your serious, career seriously. Yeah. You're in your mid twenties or something. Yeah. I think I was 24 or 25. Yeah. I think so, it was 24. Exactly. So it's like, okay, great. Come and do it. So I was impressed you did it. Cause I'm like, great. He's taking his career seriously. And yeah. And, and it's funny. Like I, I, uh, I was talking, uh, I, I had three therapy sessions recently. It's like my first time doing therapy. And she was talking about like success being like a, a coping mechanism, which is really interesting. Um, I won't really get into that, but like when it came to my mm. career, that was always like priority number one. Yeah. Like with YouTube, all that stuff, touring. Like when I start, I started touring a day after I graduated high school, uh, with this group called the green children. And it was just like the one thing that I took completely serious. So like when you, hit me with that offer. I was like, okay, like this is a sign to get out of my comfort zone. And I truly feel like if anybody doesn't move out of their like hometown and they just stay there forever, it's like, you're missing so much growth. There's a lot of growth to be had if you move out. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to put yourself in that uncomfortable, vulnerable situation of leaving your nest or whatever your, your place is where you can just kind of yeah, just be take comfortable it easy and, and be comfortable and, and challenge e- yourself. And even though when I was in Arizona, I found so many incredible people to work with Jeremy Tremp, Cameron Mizell, these people that did my video audio, which honestly, I, I look at those videos and I still to this day, like, you know, seven, eight years later, the quality is so good. And I think that's why like the YouTube channel really kind of blew up back sure. then. It was just kind of, nobody was really doing that yet. I, th- yeah. I feel you were ahead of the game for sure. Yeah. I, and I really have them to thank a lot for that. But your um, videos just looked like high, super high production. Yeah. Like commercial or movie or like, it's crazy. Yeah. I, I, I was able to find these locations that like they were trying to get their name out there and I was getting millions of views per video. So they're like, well, you know, we're not going to charge you. You just put our name, put our yeah. contact. And I was like, absolutely. Let's yeah. do it. And then, 
really cool. Like Jeremy and Cameron never charged me ever. It was just a really cool. Um, we were all just growing simultaneously together. And like, it wasn't like I put the video out and I'm the only one stoked. They would also be reading all the comments, watching the views go up. And it was, just, we were all just like mutually like, let's keep this shit going, you know? Yeah. Oh so, yeah. It's good. Good times. Good times. It's everyone was investing in their own careers exactly. and, and just going all in and smart. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah, and, yeah. And, and because of that, every, it's when it's a labor of love like that, people like try their best Yeah. when it's not about the money and it's just, yeah. about, it just, just, just about making great art and having people see it and like it and growing. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's and funny how different the motivator is compared to just like if cash is the motivator. Totally. Dude, it's, it's one thing I, I really miss about those times. Yeah. Um, most people that you work with now, you know, of course money is like the, the thing and if, you know, it complicates things sometimes. Um, and then sometimes you don't get the, the work ethic that the people that were doing it for free because they were stoked. It, it's just like a weird thing. Yeah. But I always pay everybody now and, um, yeah, good times, good well, memories. You should because you have money now. I do have money now. So now you got to pay the people. Been, been busting my ass for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Grew up with, uh, my mom was a teacher and my stepdad did like construction and stuff. So, um, we never really had a lot of money. And I think that was like one of the biggest motivating factors too, is like, I want to, I want to branch out from this like tiny little house that I grew up in my whole life with, with my family. I want to, you know, be successful. So for sure. Yeah. You Good times. It. So, yeah. So, okay. So I was like, <laughs> the story's going to take the entire pod. <laughs> so I was like, move in for three months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Five years later. And then like, and then, it, well, first of all, we really, like, I really enjoyed having you around. So I was like, oh, okay. This is great. If you were annoying, I'd be like, get the fuck <laughs> out of here. But you're, you've always been super respectful. Yeah. Very like to yourself, never step, never want to step on toes. Yep. You're, you're a very good roommate. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I was seeing you practice all the time and be dedicated. So I was like, okay, he's taking his career seriously. Yep. If you were just only out here and just partying and that was it, I'd be like, dude. It's not why I'm having. Oh, for you. sure. It's not why I'm having you be here or trying yeah. to help in any way, right? But I was like, okay, he did a really hard thing of breaking up and with his girlfriend and moving here. That's very hard to do. It's a big yep. risk. He did it. Now he's practicing. Oh, and and you know, I was like, you can set up your drums in my drum room. Yep. Also, so yep. you joined the drum room. Joined the cave. Joined the cave. Those the the cave days, and yep. then you were just playing all the time. And I was like, okay, he's dedicated, and then all that. And it takes a long time. Moving to LA is hard. It's so interesting, man. Like I, I had like a Subaru BRZ. I had it like slammed on coilovers and all this shit, which is easy. Arizona, flat ground everywhere. <laughs> I moved nah. into Hollywood Hills. I was like, nah, dude. I sold it immediately. <laughs> yeah. Got the Jag I SUV. Remember. Um, yeah. yeah, there's a lot to get used to, but definitely like, you know, when it comes to land of opportunity situations, like so many different things. If I lived in Arizona, I'd be like, nope, not happening. Yeah. Um, just recently, like played with Miguel, for example, that yeah. was like, Yo, are you free like tomorrow? You know what I mean? Yeah. So that that's definitely a Los Angeles thing. You got to be ready to rip at all times. For sure. For, for sure. sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, so yes, yeah, so you moved in, took it really seriously, kept doing that. And then I was fucking slammed, like building Jam Card really at that point, like growing Jam Card. Then you would go on tour. I was on tour, everything. And then I was like, yo, I'm moving to another house. You want to come? Yeah. I, I remember giving you like 24 hour. I Dude, was like, it was so <laughs> quick. But I was were, like, I'm moving. Do you want to come? Let me know in 24 hours or I'm out. <laughs> there, I remember there was just like, yeah, we had, we had a reason to move quickly. And uh, we both were just like, yeah. And then when, when we, 
we got lucky and we moved to our current place right before COVID. Right before COVID, thank right God. Right before COVID. And yeah. the, the current place that we live in is just like so isolated and calm and it's great. Yeah. <laughs> we, we got really lucky. We got out of Hollywood just yep. in time because Hollywood now is a homeless it's it's chaos out there yeah, yeah. it's chaos for it's sure bad. even last night i went and had dinner at soho house oh really and uh and i and I, when i was driving there you have to like drive through hollywood to get to beverly hills or whatever i was just like fuck man this place has changed so much it's it sucks it's sad <laughs> it's, it's really sad. sad it's really really sad like because hollywood used to be obviously for i mean for decades it was unbelievable yeah it's crazy. So it, I think it'll it'll bounce back, but right now that Hollywood pocket is no bueno. Yeah, I think we got out just in time, dude. For, for sure, we got out just like, in time. Just in time. Yeah, my my uh, practice room where I have my drums is still in Hollywood, so I'm there quite often. So I get to see it every day. But yeah, it's sad. Yeah, it's very sad. So yeah, so um, I also got to watch you. I feel like um, I would I would like to talk about being a drummer entrepreneur. Sure. Yeah. Because you've been able to pull that off. And, uh, and I think a lot of people like, uh, that watch you, a lot of people look up to you and everything. They're like, how do I do that? Like, right. you know, or what is that? How do I do it? Cause it's obviously so much more than just making videos. It's a little, it's a little, Oh, this is what I'm going to say earlier. Uncharted territory. That's what I was going to say. That is a word. It is kind of uncharted territory in a way. Um, okay. So I'd already been practicing my ass off for like, you know, five years on drums. I did marching band for a year and a half. That taught me like dynamics, rudiments, that kind of thing for my chops. And I started at a time where smartphones didn't exist. There was only desktop computers. There's no Instagram, Twitter. I think Facebook had just started. I want to say this is 2009. So like those are huge factors. Like nobody was doing it. Um, Matt McGuire started doing it a little bit after me. There's guys like Cobus, like people like that. But, um, that's a big factor here. Like timing. nowadays, timing is yeah. crucial. Um, nowadays, you know, I, I love TikTok for the reason that there is still organic growth there and people have the chance. But like for a minute without TikTok, it was like, it was tough, dude. It was completely saturated. Everything was totally saturated. Uh, and it's like, how do I make myself stand out? And I think, um, yeah, I've been, I've been, I'm so thankful for my career. Like I think about it all the time. I try to you know, practice being grateful about it. Uh, sometimes when I'm on tour and I'm, you know, I played for Falling in Reverse for the last two years now and shows are insane. You know, we're playing for like six to 10,000 people a night and the fans are extremely dedicated and shows are great. But sometimes tour is tour. It becomes routine, it becomes habit. And I try to like pull myself out of that mindset. Be like, dude, go up on stage and, and look. Rather than like, sometimes I like close my eyes like 75% of the set, to be honest. And sometimes uh, I just make it a, a point. Just look out at the crowd, look at people's faces, look at the signs they're holding up. It's like see see how the music makes you feel when a breakdown hits. Like people are beating the shit out of each other. I'm like hell yeah, they feel that energy, you know. So, but anyways, uh, drumming entrepreneur, timing is everything. How are you going to stand out? So for me, it was like I <laughs> I started off doing a lot of stick tricks while I was playing like complex metal patterns or. I would write drums over like Skrillex songs or uh, whatever. I call those remixes where there's no actual drums and I'm just creating over the track. Um, so yeah, the stick trick thing uh, I learned from watching a guy named Adam Gray, who's like my favorite drummer back in the day. 
And I actually ended up my first gig ever. I was 16. He flew me out to fill in for his band, which is like my favorite band. I got a call while I was in history class. And it was like, hey, is this Luke? I was like, yeah. He's like, hey, this is Adam Gray. I was like, no fucking way. So I got up and like walked out of my class. My teacher was like, where are you going? I'm like, shut the hell up. I didn't say it. I didn't say that, obviously. But um, that was like my first gig. So I, I learned like a lot of the, the showmanship stuff from watching his videos. And I, I took that to my own videos. Um, I was just so inspired by him, you know. And I think that that's how I was able to capture a non-drummer fan base is the showmanship aspect. Yeah. But I was able to capture the drummer fan base by playing very complex things, being like 16 years old people. And I was like, I'm skinny now, you know, but oh my God, I was super skinny and like had like long hair. I just looked like, yeah, I looked young as hell. So yeah, my advice is to try to figure out how you can stand out. Um, another thing that I say is like moments, literally the reason I, like a big reason I have a career is this cinema video I did for a Skrillex song. I did this like alternating blast beat thing, which is flam accents rounded off with a pad of flaw flaw and you're doing double bass the whole time. Just at this moment and that shit went viral and it, yeah, I mean, that's like why the word alive hit me up and why like all these different things. So if you can capture a moment like that, then Hell yeah. Mm -hmm. But it is, it's tough. It's tough to give advice how to blow up per se, you know? I'm not even talking about how to blow up. I'm talking about how do you turn it into a career? Right. How do you turn it into money? Right. Because like if you, yeah, you could have a million followers or subscribers or whatever, but how, yeah. that's just your lead generator. How do you make it a business? Yep. Yep. I think like you and I have worked on that a lot over totally, the last few years. Totally. You know? I think a huge part, I mean, there's so many things to that. I think first of all, one thing that I've learned since I feel like actually maybe a little bit before I moved to LA, but knowing your worth is crucial. Like I, you know, I, you said this is an honest podcast. I feel like a lot of hired drummers get kind of shit on when it comes to um, what they're getting paid yeah. and stuff. And of course it's like, what are you bringing to the table? But there's some absolutely incredible guys I know that get so severely underpaid. Um, yeah, just kind of knowing your worth is really important. I feel like, um, I mean, having a naturally good business sense is like, how do you teach that? Yeah. It's it's a tough thing. There is some like intellect that comes with that. I think it's more about generating opportunities. How do you generate opportunities? How do you put yourself out there? How do you make yourself available in a way that's not desperate? Yeah. But show, and how do you show your your worth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and another thing too is if you do end up landing some kind of gig, even if it's a one show thing, like there is this fine line. You don't want to be annoying and super like, like, whoa, this kid's young. Like I, you can feel the young energy, like pump the brakes a little bit. Yeah. But you also don't want to be like quiet in the back, like not talking to anybody. For sure. You want to like make them feel comfortable. And also you got to remember, like there's one hour out of the 24 hours you're on tour where you're performing. The 23 other hours are when you're, on the tour bus or doing meet and greets or like whatever it is. So your personality plays a huge, huge factor into that. So try to work on that. Don't ever walk into a gig feeling like you're the best because first of all, no such thing exists. And also it's just like that energy is like really tough to be around. Yeah. Yeah. No one wants that. Facts. And so recently you started, uh, you co-founded Mixwave. I did. Which I is did. awesome. So for everyone that doesn't know, it tells a bit about, uh, what Mixwave is. 
Yeah, so my I have two partners. Um, one of them, his name is Taylor Larson. Uh, shouts Taylor. He uh, he like mixed and mastered and recorded me and Jason Richardson's both of our albums. He's done like the some of the old Periphery, uh, my favorite Veil of Maya album. He's also done like some pop stuff. And him and I had a band briefly called The Evening. Uh, but Taylor's absolutely like insanely talented. Um, and that's like, you know, he's just kind of born with that. I feel yeah. like, and he's, he's like such a student of the audio game. But yeah, he reached out to me actually initially. He's like, hey man, I'm starting this thing. It's called Mixwave. And I would love to know if you wanted to do like a drum software library. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then we started talking on the phone. Cause he's like a good, really good friend of mine. And we were just like, well, why don't we get the best musicians in the world to do this? Like, why, why just me? Why just Jason? Like, why don't, you know, I know a lot of people. Why don't I reach out and see if they're down to create their own sound that anybody can use on any DAW, right? So I reached out to like Tony Royster, Thomas Pridgen, um, kind of our first batch of artists that we had on board come into our studio out in Maryland uh which if you're a gamer at all um bethesda softworks they created like skyrim they did doom that kind of stuff we we purchased their first studio that they like made all those games in pretty nice. cool or i think they recorded all like the um voiceovers and stuff but um yeah like and everybody was just like absolutely let's do it and so we took that first batch and uh I was able to reach out to all my other friends like, hey, like I got the best drummers, the best guitar players are on board. And it's just kind of like a the snowball effect. Now we got some people that are coming out this year that I can't say now, but it's insane that I was able to land these people. And it's just like, what's really great is every single artist I brought on board. They're all like, this is unfucking believable. Like no, I haven't found anything that sounds like this. I haven't heard anything that sounds like this. And like, thank you for letting me be a part of it. And they're wanting to go out and promote it on their own. So yeah. that just really goes to show like Taylor and the rest of our team. We have, we have a team out in uh, Indonesia. We have a, you know, team on the East coast as well, as well as our studio team. And we have some uh, coding guys out in Croatia. So we have a lot of people that work on it simultaneously, but it's been a really cool thing. It's, it's separate from performing obviously. And I'm able to work with like some of my favorite artists of all time. So. so you're utilizing your contacts and your network and creating business with it in a completely different way than just drumming. Exactly. Just people that you know from your drumming career. Yep. Yep. And again, if, if I didn't, if I wasn't able to establish like a, a healthy friendship or relationship with those people, you know, if I reached out to them, they'd just probably leave me on red or something. So that's why it's so important to be a nice person and it's just be humble. It's not that hard. It's really not that hard. Yeah, because you're proving that, a, you're a valuable person and you're a good person. You're a nice person and you're trustworthy. Yeah, exactly. I think being trustworthy is like the most valuable thing you can do, especially over a prolonged amount of time. Like if people are like, oh yeah, I met Luke eight years ago. <laughs> and since then I've just watched him be serious about his career. Whenever I've talked with him, he's nice. Whenever I, uh, he's hit me up with opportunities or vice versa. And he's always been, he's always done very well and he's just trustworthy. And that, that, that goes it goes, goes very forever. far. It yeah. goes very, very you far. You can build a career on that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Literally on that. Good times. Good Mixwave, times. dude. I'm I'm really excited this year. Mixwave is sick. We've we've put out currently when it comes to drum libraries, we have Tony Royster, Thomas Pridgen, myself, 
Mario Duplantier from Gojira. Is that the last? I think those are the four that we have. I have so many in the works. I can't remember yeah. what's actually released. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, There's a lot then, of big ones in the works. Oh my God, I'm very excited. Yeah. Uh, and when it comes to guitar, um, uh, Amp Sims right now, we have Jason Richardson and we have the Benson Chimera, um, which Benson has like thousands of people. He actually creates real amps in person and he has thousands of people like back ordered. So we reached out to him. We we're like, do you want to just create, you know, software and really, really cool fact about this is we, so obviously spent months creating it and he's close with Taylor Larson and we sent him, um, an AB test and we were like, which one is your actual amp and which one is the software? And he picked the software. Wow. He builds the amps himself. He couldn't even hear it. So like that's awesome. All all the people that have played the Benson one, they're like, dude, this is how did you do this? So it's just gonna get better. I wonder too. if that bummed him out actually. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, God damn it. For any analog people, just yeah. like oh <laughs> uh, ta- Taylor's a Taylor's a beast. I mean, our whole team is, is insane. Yeah, the tones are crazy. All right, let's play a song. We're going to play a song from Polyphia, Luke Holland on drums. Oh, yeah. Featuring uh, Lil West. Did six songs on this Polyphia album. They're a super talented band. Enjoy. All right, so you've been playing with Falling in Reverse for two years. I can't believe it's been two years already. I know. It's insane. That's insane. Insane. Um, I I swear I thought we lived together for like two years. (laughs) Dude, almost five. Time is going super, super That's quick. amazing. Okay, so you're in Falling in Reverse now. I've seen yep. you play with Falling in Reverse. You get your drum solo moments. Yes, Seems I like do. a really fun set. You get to shred. Yeah. Seems like Ronnie loves you. Dude, It's Ronnie has a lot of respect for me, and uh, you know he's a very controversial figure, but I, I, I have a lot of respect for Ronnie because he just says what's on his mind, and honestly, the dude, like... He's very, very intelligent. People don't realize that. Like, he does so much research. He's always research, researching stuff. And, like, yeah, we, we have a really good, like, mutual respect for each other. So he, you know, sometimes at rehearsal, like, the only the reason I have all these drum moments in the set is because at rehearsal, it'll start busting shit out. Yeah. And he just looks at me. He's like, fucking do that live. Like, rip that shit. I'm Add like, it to the show. All right, let's go. How much are you drumming these days? I went, so last year, 2022, was a little honest podcast, a little rough for me because uh, of various reasons. Um, I'm on medication. Uh, I have epilepsy, um, not the flashing light kind like people think. Uh, and the medication that I take makes most people that take it depressed. Uh, so that was something that, uh, that really hit me last year. Yeah. And, um, you know, as, as living together, we've obviously discussed it a lot, but, uh, yeah, it made me not want to practice as much. And even things like the studio that I've been recording and filming at since I moved to Los Angeles has a certain client in it that's a very, very large, very wealthy client. And she has had my studio booked out for like six months. So I haven't had motivation to film there or record there. So just being honest, like I didn't practice a whole bunch last year. But recently, like when I got back from, uh, I went to Arizona for which is where I'm from for um, Christmas, I got back and and there's been some things like motivating me to play every day, which has been really nice. Uh, So yeah, I'm kind of back to practicing maybe like three hours a day, I would say. I feel like you still practice a lot for what I consider is a lot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) All the time you're like going to the cave, going to go practice. I remember when I first moved in with you, I would go like every single day, like three to five hours. And like obviously saw a massive growth. That was 2018, 
that's I kind of feel like that's when I really bridged the metal chops and like people in gospel chops stupid term for it because it's like just being a really good player is really what that means yeah um I kind of finally found the I feel like I, I found my sound that year 2018 when I was like all right like this is me I could feel like I was playing like me um I don't know if that makes any sense but yeah practicing back to it feels good uh, I would love to touch on and talk about the epilepsy because uh, I, I remember uh, when, well, you had one episode before before I even knew you. So that yep. was like a one-off, right? But I remember it <laughs> wasn't a full. It wasn't yeah. a headliner. It was yeah. a one-off. Yeah, you weren't doing a full uh, season of it. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I remember when uh, you had your first like big one that kind of led to where you're at now. Yeah. Um, you called me and from the hospital, didn't know what was going on. No, fr- from the ambulance. So what's crazy, so I, ha- I had one I had one when I was 21 years old in Brazil on an airplane. Never had any history of seizures before that. Just woke up drenched in blood from biting my tongue and my cheeks and all that stuff. And uh, yeah, when I have them, I lose like probably 30 minutes of memory. I'm obviously unconscious for when it happens. And I have, they're called grand mal or now clonic tonic seizures. So they last like 10 to 12 minutes long. Very, very intense. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't remember calling you at all. I was driving my car. I was on the way. I just recorded the star set record. Um, I was on the way to a session with uh, Charles Masabo, aka Callahan, to write my solo stuff like Katana and Who Can I Trust and these other songs. And I was underneath, uh, I was about to get on the freeway, had my blinker on and I blink. And I wake up in the ambulance and they're asking me my name and I don't know my name. They're asking me what, do you know what state you're in? I'm like, yeah. And I'm looking around and I'm like, no, you know, you you don't know anything. It's really scary. But yeah, apparently I called you or something and you, didn't you park my car or I don't know what happened. I went to the hospital was the first thing I did. Yeah. You called me and you were like not making much sense, but you were like, I just had a seizure. Uh, I don't know where I'm going. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember uh, that at I'm, all. I'm going to a hospital Crazy. or something. Yeah, you didn't know what was going on. So I ended up, I, I went to the hospital. Um, oh, yeah, I went and got your car. Roommate, went, roommate of the year award. Yeah, I went and got your car. And then I went to the hospital and you were you were fucked up. Like your tongue and everything was super fucked up. You were in like a shitload of pain. Yeah, yeah. The body's wrecked for like three days after one of those. Yeah. Um, it was after that. Cause once you have two seizures, you're considered epileptic. That's all epilepsy means. Um, it's more than one seizure, more than one. So that's when I had to start going to a neurologist. Uh, we did like over the course of six weeks, a bunch of different brain testing. They did like sleep deprived EEGs and things where I couldn't sleep for 24 hours, which we found out is what triggers my seizures. So it was like horrible. I'll never forget that. They've hooked up like 24 sensors to my head and we're like, in a dim room, like flashing these lights for probably 10 minutes. It was, it was fucked up, but figured out, uh, yeah, the diagnosis for it. I've been on medication and I've had nine total. So there's been, so there, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Seven more since then. Yep. Beauty of medication. So interesting. I won't even get into that, but Yeah. yeah. Well, because all of them were when you didn't take the pill, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. If you miss it for a day. Yep. So they, yeah. they hook your brain on it. And then, yeah, if I stop, if I don't take it for one day, it's like I can 
I'm playing with my life at that point. It's right. Pretty terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's definitely been life changing for you. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. <laughs> I never thought that would be something I had to deal with, but, uh, I kind of keep it pretty private obviously, but I think maybe me and you talked about it, but it, there was eventually a moment where I posted a photo on Instagram. Fuck ton of people came out and were like really supportive. And, yeah. um, I, I was a little nervous, like what people were going to say. I wasn't doing it for like attention or anything. There was a, a second I wanted to start like a, a charity um, for epilepsy to like figure it out. But it was so much, it was like daunting what you have to go through. And I, and I was just like on tour and I was like, I don't, you know, maybe sometime in the future we'll do it. But you could also just support a charity and help fundraise for them or help research for them or help whatever for yeah. them instead yeah. of starting your own. There's yeah. other ones that you could just already just join. donate to one, one that you do your research on and are like, this one's legit. I love the work that they're doing. I like how they're allocating their resources. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good um, idea. And then you could just support them, raise money for them. You could still do all the stuff you want to do for anything awareness, you know, and cause I think that's what you could do since you have a platform is just like to make other people with epilepsy feel heard and be like, Oh, it's crazy how many people reached out to me after yeah. that post. And like some of my friends even here in LA that I didn't know had relatives or mm. things. And they're like, dude, that's crazy. And then they would tell me their stories and, um, yeah, it's, it's wild how many people have different forms. And that's another thing is people don't realize there are so many different types. Like my friend, his little brother, like he has like multiple per day, which I can't even imagine, but his are like this. What? Like he'll just turn his head and then he like won't know where he is for like a couple minutes and then it, it just stops. Wow. But like he turns his head all the way and he's just like, there's nothing going on. So there's so many different types. Wow. I just happen to hit the lottery and get the worst kind, which sucks. I mean, I don't know if one is worse than the other. I mean, yours are intense, but at least they're not every day. Very, very true. I'm very lucky that I can, uh, mine are controllable. I'm assuming he doesn't have his driver's license. I would imagine so. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. Right there. That's a huge handicap. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm extremely thankful that I can handle it, you know, just suck. Yeah. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. So what are you doing to handle it? Uh, just, I was going to say something sarcastic as so hell. I'm not going to say, it. uh, just taking medication. I, I drink like typically almost a gallon of water every single day, going to the gym, trying to eat healthy. Sometimes, sometimes that Dave's hot chicken just sounds so good. Uh, I don't but yeah, think you sleep. eat healthy. I'm going to say, I don't think you eat healthy. I go through, I go through bouts. Like I'll, I'll eat like an asshole sometimes. The problem is I can't gain weight. Right. So like, it's like, uh, might as well just eat exactly what I want. Um, but no, and most important thing is prioritizing sleep. You know, I can't get three or four hours of sleep because I'm playing with my life at that point. For sure. Yeah. And what? (laughs) Not drinking. Oh yeah. Not drinking alcohol. Yes. Alcohol definitely does not help. This is a fact. Okay, so uh, what do you want to say to yeah fellow fellow people with epilepsy? Um, I think the biggest thing is that I understand what the meds can do, and it's it's insane, and I, I feel for you. But just prioritizing your health in in as many ways as you possibly can. That's that's pretty much it. I really do want to do. I think like starting a GoFundMe and just having as many people donate as they want 
can you imagine if they had a, a cure? That'd be amazing. I would love to not have to worry about that kind of thing anymore or go through the things that I that I occasionally go through and for everyone else as well. You mean a GoFundMe to, to donate, yep. not for you. Yeah. 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 GoFundMe, yeah, just just pay me money. Yeah. Uh, no, Because it'd be kidding. great if they figured it out, so I could use some <laughs> cash while they, do, while they do that. Yeah, no, 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 <laughs> to donate to these charities. Uh, that's essentially what I, I wanted to do before anyways, so... Yep. Yeah. Uh, what are you happiest about with your career right now? I think um, kind of having the option to, what's, what's, I guess, autonomy. You know, just I, I have like options. I have amazing opportunities coming my way yep. that five, six years ago, I would freak out and like absolutely prioritize and be like, I got to do this. I'd be, you know, but I have the power now to say no. Mm-hmm. And I still have things that are incredible that are consistently happening. So I think that's probably the thing that that makes me the happiest is that, yeah, I just have like just a lot happening and it's all good things. Super grateful for it. What did you do? So you did several songs on the new Polyphia album? I did. Yeah. One of them, uh, I don't know if I can, well, whatever. It it was with uh, Trippy Red Mm -hmm. and uh, another vocalist and it got removed but that was like probably my favorite song on the record. So it didn't actually come out. Why did it get removed? Um, there's a lot of, lot of stuff I, I can't talk about, but, uh, but the other, the other ones that, that came out, I'm super stoked on in particular a song called neurotica that, um, you know, I did a lot of, like I spent a ton of time on that song and I love that track, but good times. And, and been a lot of sessions in the last year or two. Um, you know, me and Jason Richardson just released our second album last year and, uh, another band I can't mention, uh, <laughs> it's a lot of stuff that's so like, much not can't out. Mention. yeah, I know it's frustrating. How do you write these songs with Jason Richardson? Jason will have a skeleton basically. And then I go through and just do my thing over it. Mm. So he'll have like very basic ideas or a basic feel that he wants at that part. Sometimes I'll go in and adjust the feel there's also been some songs that we have where all provide a pattern or a groove or something. And then he'll write around it like a song we have called fragments. We did that a song called Byronius of the fourth order, uh, which is a stupid inside joke, um, have been written around like my ideas, but it's mostly like Jason providing a skeleton and I'm like, let's go. This is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. The songs are insane. And I, yeah, when I listen to them, I'm like, I don't understand how they write this. <laughs> crazy they're very technical super tech a lot super happening tech instrumental it's like Hans Zimmer crazy metal um so we've done a lot of projects together we've had you play at the jam jam I mm-hmm. put you up against Matt Garska <laughs> that was so fun that was really fun for the when we did Kaz and friends built that, that all-star band that particular performance yeah me and Matt I want to say that song is at 160 170 bpm yep I don't remember who's on keys or guitar they fucking started it, it at like Domi. 120. It was Domi on keys, Xavier Taplin on keys, Dominic Xavier Taplin, and Freaky Rob on guitar. Somebody started the track off at like 110, yeah. 120 yeah. BPM. Yeah. And like everything that me and Matt had like sort of rehearsed for that was just out the window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just so much slower. It was such and your a double pedal broke. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ooh. yeah. Oof, that was rough. And you were still leaning on the double pedal at that time. Yeah. Actually, no, I was I was doing good. I was doing good that time. 
I remember, and, and you're up against your favorite drummer. <laughs> oh, dude, it was fun. It was fun. It was amazing. Everyone thought it was great. No one, no one, if, no one besides you knows what's in your head or what's wrong. For sure. You know? Everyone if, was like, if yeah. you ever are in Los Angeles and you go to the uh, Sam Ash out here um, on Sunset Boulevard, and you tr- you go inside, you turn around, you look above the door. There's a, f- a photo of me and Matt Garska, like I'm doing like the K-pop heart like this, and we had we had had a, a few drinks. And uh, we just walked in there and started shedding and it looks like having fun. But it's it's actually hilarious, that photo. Really? A little, yeah, a little Easter egg. If anybody ha- happens to be out there, it's so funny. So, so yeah, we had you play at the Jam Jam. Uh, we we did a sample pack together. Yep. The Luke Holland Beats and Shots yep. sample pack on Splice, Jam Card Samples. Killing pack. Dude, it sounds great. It sounds great and it's done really well. People love that pack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you're on Jam Card Mentors. Sure am. One-on-one advice. Yep. Book your video session with Luke. So we do, we've done a lot. We've done a lot together. I mean, we've done. There's a lot. Yeah. I, there's a lot of things. Recommend you for the Miguel gig, which was easy. Yep. They called me like, we need a drummer for Miguel. They can do this, this, this. I was like, it's Luke. Don't even <laughs> on just it's your drummer. That was that was super. <laughs> that was super fun. Hopefully, and, there's more of that. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. I had to unfortunately turn down going to, to Saudi Arabia with them to play with Miguel. Dude. I was I was very sad. But big bummer. Yeah. Hopefully that opportunity comes again and hopefully I'm in Saudi at that time. That'd be so and cool. And if not, I could just could be. <laughs> just travel out there. I'm so down. You gotta come to Dubai in the Middle East with me. You do have a lot of reasons to go out there. I'm, That's actually one yeah. place I've never I've never been. I am dude by. Yep, dude by. Yeah, because I'm always <laughs> leaving. And I'm a dude in Dubai. Yep. Dude, bye. Yeah, I feel like you've dude, you've bye. gone so many times in the last how long has it been? Year and a half? I've gone five times this year. For real? Yeah. Well, twenty twenty two. Yes. I was <laughs> the first two weeks. I went five times in 2022. Yeah. Wow. That is crazy. Yeah, dude. Not that far. Wow. It's not that far. It's only seven. Shout out Fada. Each way. Shout out my girl Fada on the ones and twos and threes. This is an honest podcast. It is. It's okay. okay. Look. It's okay. This is a tell all interview. What else do you want to know about Luke Holland? We talk about it all. <laughs> what have we not touched base on? Well, I want you to take care of yourself. No, I'm good, dude. I want you to stay alive. <laughs> no, nah, I'm good, dude. I appreciate it. Elmo Elmo has been there for uh, a couple of my episodes, and it's not been fun, but very supportive, and uh, I appreciate it. For real. I am your real dad. He is my real dad. <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen comments like on Instagram and YouTube oh, yeah. and stuff before <laughs> that are like, did you know that Elmo is Luke's dad? Dude, like, so <laughs> many people... Like, I'm like, what the bro, hell? I'm like, bro, what happened? I'm like eight years older than you. What? No, not. <laughs> <it's> like, <laughs> what happened is me and you, when I had my, I dislocated my shoulder. You remember that? Yeah. Yep. And there's that photo. I don't remember why, but we, you got like a succulent or two succulents and yeah. me and you were holding them. We were holding and, plants. Or and something. I posted yeah. the photo and I think I, I like put it on my story and said, at Elmo Lovano is my real dad and yeah. fucking hundreds of people think you're my dad now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was Pretty even, funny. Dude, people, I, even like drummers will come up to be like, dude, I saw I saw your son. I'm like, what? <laughs> you're like, which one? What are you talking <laughs> about? Luke. Yep. First of all, we look nothing alike. Not <laughs> <laughs> we, look, we have like no similar features besides we're white. We got, we got big noses. We got big noses, but they're different yeah. kinds of big. True. They're different kinds of big. Yep. Yeah, we we literally have no similar yeah. attributes whatsoever. Yeah, it's it, <laughs> there's 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 nothing besides okay. we're drummers. It's okay. Let them let them live out their fantasy, you know. 
It's so funny. And the fact that I'm like uh, 10 years older than you also be like, yeah, I'll never forget when I had my first kid. I was nine and a half. <laughs> Wait, how, how old are you? I'm uh, on this podcast. I'm uh, 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 38. 38. So how old are you? When's your birthday again? July 23rd. So you're going to be 39 this year. So I'll be 30 this year. Oh yeah. This is your 30th. I know. Whoa. And I'm going to be on tour. Oh, you are? Yeah. Which is cool. And like, uh, what city? oh wait, I can't. Oh fuck, I'm not supposed to. Yeah, I'll be on tour, but you can say what tour. You're yeah, it's tour. just not announced yet. The tour's not announced yet. No. All right, what city is it? I don't know. We don't have the dates yet. Oh shit. When's yeah. your birthday? June fourteenth. I should know that. Also, you should have known mine. We're the worst roommates of all time. You and I have missed a ton of our birthdays. Mm-hmm. Like I'm gone or you're gone on both of our birthdays. It's like prime traveling touring. Yeah, yeah. Time. Yeah. So makes sense. Yeah. Hopefully, I miss all of them. You missed mine this year. I was I was in Dubai, Dubai for this one. No, I was in Lebanon for this one. Ah. My birthday. And then you were and I was gone for yours also. I was I in think, Dubai for yours and I was in Lebanon for mine. Yeah, and I was in Arizona with like my my best friends that I grew up with yeah. and went to high school and stuff. Super we should, fun. We should try to prioritize doing a birthday together this year. We you're should. 30, well, uh, it's all right. We are, we're not going to. You're on tour. And let's say fly I to feel whatever like, town you're in. But what I want to do, like me and uh, Devin Oliver sings for a band called Icy Stars. He's shouts like, to Devin. Shouts Devin. Probably uh, my favorite of the Luke friends. Yeah, he's he's like my best friend out here for sure. Um, we want to do Come over and play something. basketball, Devin. Come <laughs> over. Dude, it's been a while since we played basketball. Like a long time. Um, but yeah, we want to do something for my 30th. Just like escape for a few days and just do some fun because yeah. last year for Devin's 30th we kidnapped him literally <laughs> we rented a sprinter van we got this like fancy airbnb out in calabasas and he thought that was going to be his his full birthday and then in the morning we like put a bag over his head and we grabbed him and threw him into the sprinter van and then we drove to vegas <laughs> so great it was so fun it was a good time dude we should do hawaii or mexico or something sick for your birthday those are literally two of the places i was thinking about because yeah. i've been to 48 states yeah. a million times i've been yeah. to asia a billion times europe south america i'll show you, you name it i've never been to hawaii let's go and to my alaska. mom let's, let's go, go to, to alaska. alaska that sounds so warm and comforting <laughs> and great yeah my mom's from hawaii she's born and raised there I just can't believe I've never been. Really? Yeah. she. Lived, I think the first nine years of her life, she lived there. Dude, Hawaii is amazing. I'm down. Let's do it. I'm down. I'm down to go if you're not there. Sure. Cool. Yep. <laughs> just let me know when you want to go, and I'll make sure to... Be busy. Be busy. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Actually, um, Christian just checked. I'm, I'm fucking booked, dude, the whole year. Are you actually? He just checked, yeah. <laughs> he just checked and i know that he yeah. didn't check because christian's just sitting there no he's not he, he's checking no he's he's looking at my calendar constantly <laughs> <laughs> he's got it constantly pulled up i'm just like june 14th that you're booked that day oh yeah fully booked yeah fully booked fully booked um well dude uh i love you love you bro thanks for thanks for making it all the way to the office today very far. Thanks for coming on the pod. It's good to have you home and for us to be in the same house at the same time. I know. What are the odds? It's very nice. Probably one in two. Probably one. Probably 50%. <laughs> yeah. The odds are probably 50%. 50%. Um, all right. We'll keep crushing it. Thank you, dude. I, I feel like I'm saying bye to you, even though I'm going to see you uh, all the time. <laughs> Anything you want to say to the camera? Uh, shout out Jam Card. I'm Levano. Love you guys. Thanks for the constant support. Keep going. I love you guys. Shout out Jam Card. Uh, fuck, I don't know. What do you dude. want to say to your fans? Uh, I appreciate all of you very, very much. Wouldn't be here without you guys. I would just be a drummer who enjoys playing drums to music without my fans. 
Jam card. Slam card. <laughs>